0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.
1: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin.
2: And I'm David Gura. Listen to the big take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Carol G., Juan Gabien, Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean
3: apart from impeccable style, chart topping canciones, and drama?
4: Listening to Fox Sports
5: Radio. 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 show Fox Sports Radio. We continue to broadcast from the other side of the world. Tel Aviv Israel. I've been to the Dead Sea. I've been to Masada. I've been in the Mediterranean. But more importantly, I'm here with you. Next three hours, you give me a call. I want to talk sports with you. 877-99 on Fox. 877-99 on Fox. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. So much to get to, and most of it very, very interesting stuff regarding the association. The NBA's free agency, of course, kicked off before free agency actually started. That's when Chris Paul, um, what I would think would decimate the Clippers, Look, the the Clippers are clearly trying to reform themselves with Danilo Gallinari. uh, It feels like an eventuality. He'll be there, along with Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and the plethora of guards that they now have. Minus J.J. Redick, who got $23 million for just one season with the Philadelphia 76ers. That's a wow. That's a right place and right time contract. Um, but I think any normal either even mouth breather would, would tell you the Clippers go from being, you know, I could see a way in which they could maybe make a run to the Western Conference Finals and possibly, you know, win the thing. To, I could see a way in which they could maybe make the playoffs. Maybe. And then because Chris Paul chose to not choose the Spurs, it feels like the Spurs, it's, it's difficult to see them competing for an NBA championship. And so he goes to Houston. And lo and behold, uh, not only does Houston make some other additions and re up Nene, but they also maybe, maybe getting Carmelo Anthony, who has told the Knicks, you know, and I'll be open to a trade, to Houston, where his boy Chris Paul plays, or to Cleveland. Cleveland, to me, is the most interesting place on earth right now. Um, all right, maybe not on earth. It was really interesting to be out in the Dead Sea and to be the Masada. But that's not the point. The point is, in basketball, Cleveland's pretty interesting. Sure, we're all waiting on Gordon Hayward. Like, who would have thought we're waiting? Like, the whole NBA's breath is... What's Gordon Hayward going to do? Is he going to Miami? Is he staying in Utah? Is he staying in Boston? I, I usually the most logical, sens- sensible uh, thing is what these guys decide. And as much as you could go, well, you know, Pat Riley's done it before. He's made these super teams. And like they didn't make the playoff. They had an incredible second half of the season and they had all those injuries in the first half of the season, but they still didn't even make the playoffs. To turn down your former head coach, in college, who recruited you, who helped lead you to a national championship game where you had the ball, not once, but twice. People forget the possession before the midcourt shot. He had a baseline baseline floater that didn't go in. He gave you the ball twice, you could have won a national championship with either shot. To have the opportunity to play for him on a team that had the best record in the Eastern Conference. I didn't say they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. Nobody thinks they are. But had the best record and have all those picks and the chance to make even more moves Have even more versatility and they have all those young players who are going to get better. And oh yeah, by the way, the Celtics, it's not like it's a chump franchise. They've won 17 NBA titles. The most logical decision would be you go to Boston. The most illogical would be you stay in Utah. Right? If you're gonna stay in Utah, you would have decided to stay in Utah already. Right? Like if your heart was telling you, stay in Utah, stay in Utah, stay in Utah, then you know what you do? You don't take meetings. You don't take meetings. But what's most interesting is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because uh, this ratio, the paucity of all stars, East to West, right, is really, really alarming. Really, really alarming. When in the NBA, who is left in the Eastern Conference that, that scares you even a little bit? Who's left? John Wall, okay. Brad Beal, sure. Sure. Uh, But their team in comparison, their team in comparison to the Cleveland Cavaliers, like, look, it's one of those things to which the arguments we make for LeBron James being the greatest player ever seem to continue to diminish with, with every passing day, right? Like, the argument is, well, sure, he has, he's only three and eight in the NBA finals, but he's made seven straight NBA finals. Then you look around the Eastern Conference and the Celtics are only just now above water. The Knicks have not been competitive uh, with the exception of one year and they only got to the Western Conference semifinals. And that was Jason Kidd in his last year as their starting point guard and he, he sucked once he got to the playoffs. Tell me who their challenger is. Every time they have a challenger, that star ends up going to the West. And I'm not blaming LeBron James for being born in Akron and wanting to come back to Cleveland or being drafted by Cleveland and going to Miami. Like those things just happened. But if the argument is LeBron James is the best player on earth because he made the seven straight NBA finals even though he's only won three of the eight finals he's actually been in, well then you actually have to look at the context of the fact the East sucks. It's a big problem. Equally problematic is the fact that the Eastern Seaboard is where the highest density of sports fans, i.e. basketball or or basketball fans, are located. 66% of the television viewers that watch sports watch in the Eastern Time Zone. And all of their teams stank, except Cleveland. Except Cleveland. I mean, it's, it's, I guess, stunning... I guess it's alarming, but with Paul George now in Oklahoma City, and I'll get to that in a second, because everybody Oklahoma City won this deal. They won this deal. No, they didn't. They exposed themselves to being Oklahoma City. But you were told forever, well, it's so impressive, seven in a row. Then you look around, you're like, well, who are they actually beating? Right? This year's Celtics team would have lost to the Bulls if Rajon Rondo not gotten hurt. Who'd they actually beat? Tell me where the good teams are. I'm searching for them. No one knows them because they don't actually exist. A couple years ago, the Celtics on their last legs pushed him a little bit when he was in Miami. The Indiana Pacers pushed him a little bit. But for the most part, there has been no substantial competition. There's been no rivalry. There's been no team that there not been. Here's the easiest argument. Of the seven years in which he's made the NBA Finals, was there one team that wouldn't be a prohibitive underdog had they gotten to the finals? The answer is no. Right? The better franchises have been the Spurs. The better franchises have been the Warriors. The better franchises have been, you know, pick the Western Conference franchise that went to the NBA Finals and you start to go like, oh, yeah, you're kind of right there. Before that, the Lakers. The Oklahoma City Thunder. So, so the, the point is that the, the Dallas Mavericks, all the stars are in the West, except for LeBron James. And this is not me blaming LeBron James. This is me attacking LeBron James, the greatest who's been to seven straight NBA Finals. Dude, everybody would go to seven. All of these stars, that Kevin Durant would have gone to seven straight Finals, had his Thunder team been in the East and LeBron been in the West. Fact. Everybody knows that, right? We all know this, don't we? I mean, the other arguments about LeBron go out the window, triple-double, okay, but who was actually better down the stretch against the against the Warriors. That was Durant. The same people who diminish, like me, uh, his triple doubles. Many of them raise up Russell Westbrook's triple doubles as reason that he's the greatest ever. Like, you can't have it both ways. Either a triple double is a triple double, or a triple double is a dis- at times a deceiving statistic to tell you who really played well. And I didn't say he played poorly. So... I'm not anti-LeBron. I'm just realistic LeBron. And with Paul George departing the Indiana Pacers, and the Pacers weren't any good anyway, and if Gordon Hayward doesn't go there, and the Miami Heat have had depressed reset several times over, once when Shaquille O'Neal left, then when LeBron James left, like, tell me who the legit competition is in the East. It doesn't exist, and it is a problem for the NBA. Now, as for Oklahoma City everyone is saying and i heard all my all my colleagues on fox sports radio throughout the weekend i listen on the internet oh the pacers won the pacers lost this trade now look the pacers did because they did something that i told you you can't do which is chase the market right you can't do it in real estate, you can't do it with players. Chasing the market is setting a bar way too high or setting your price way too high on your home you're trying to sell. And then when you get late into the summer and you gotta move, cause you gotta get the kids in the new house that you already bought on contingency and everybody's waiting. And then you end up selling the house for below market value because you started too high and then the thing was on the market for 120 days and people thought there was something up with the house and eventually you just dumped it. I don't think it's a dump though. Domas Sabonis started 60 games. He's not great, but he's a legitimate NBA player. And while you may think that the Boston Celtics should have come up off of picks, the fact is that even with their plethora of the picks they've had recently, many of them haven't had the rookie years that Sabonis has. Le- Domas Sabonis is going to be in the NBA for 10, 12 years, period, stop. And I've never been an Oladipo guy. I've always thought he's more rotation guy than starter and definitely not a go-to two guard. But when you're starting over to get two guys who are legitimate NBA players who started last year, who started, I don't know, it was like a a combined 130, 140 games. That's better than getting draft picks. It's absolutely better because you're not as much as Oladipo's contract looks like it's terrible. Look at the contracts coming out this week. Whereas Oklahoma City exposed the truth about Oklahoma City. Here's the truth, ready for it? They can't get a free agent. They can't do it. They know they can't do it. They wanna do it, they have great fans. My, in my life, I have three homes in this world. Three places that I call home. Southern California, specifically Orange County. That's where I was, that's where I uh, was raised. I grew up, I like to tell people, in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And I started in radio in Oklahoma City. And we're on there now. And then of course, in Connecticut where I've lived, ooh, 12 of the past 14 years at two different networks now moving to this network. So 12 of the past 14 years, I've lived in Connecticut. My mom's from Connecticut. We used to visit there at times in the summer when I was a kid. So that's, like a, that's, like a, that's honestly a third home. So this is, no, my wife's from Oklahoma. My kids love Oklahoma. I mean, we, we're the only people on earth that go to Oklahoma to vacation. One reason is in her hometown, a week does feel like a month. And so every time I'm back, I go to a Thunder game. This is not for lack. This is not, I'm not a fanboy. I don't get it. I'm telling you what NBA people will tell you, which is they can't get a legitimate free agent to sign there. So they have to take a substantial amount of risk. And that's exactly what they did. There is more likelihood that Paul George and Russell Westbrook play for the Lakers next year, next year not this coming year, then they play for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And they know that. And the only hope they have is that they have a great season, a dream season. And Paul George is so taken away by the love affair between the fans and the team that he somehow finds the goodwill to stay. Otherwise, they're going to have to sign and trade and do it again. Because, what was the premise of the argument? They can't get a free agent. I unloaded a bunch on you. If that was too much... I apologize. If you're sitting there taking notes in your car, and you're like, who is this guy? What's going on? All right. Breathe. Sam Amick's going to join us up upcoming next. Where's Gordon Hayward going? Paul Mills up to the Nuggets. Like, are they legit? By the way, I, I don't know how many of you know this. The Nuggets have the best player that non-basketball fans have never heard of. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. John Ramos keeps telling me I'm hot, which uh, in radio terms means my microphone is on. But, you know, there's a little double entendre with Ramos. And uh, honestly, when I keep posting these pictures on Instagram, I can't argue with him. Ramos, how are you, buddy? Ramos.
6: I'm doing great, Doug. How are you? How is Israel
5: treating you? Uh, It's good, man. Land of milk and honey and lots of hummus. Lots of hummus. (laughs) That's what I've heard, And tahina. Lots lots of good stuff. Uh, I know you enjoyed the Facebook Live from the Dead Sea, and people were like, why is it in two parts? It was so hot. How hot was it? It was so hot that my iPhone overheated in my hand like five minutes in. It was 120 degrees. Wow. The lowest place on earth. It was you're like you get in the, you get in and then you get in the water and it's hotter. It, it's hotter until you go out a little bit. And then it kind of cools down, but it's all salty. See so you float and it looks like you're sitting down. It's really, really cool. Anyway, check that out on our Facebook page. Uh, let's welcome in Sam Amick, who is a uh, stateside here on the Doug Gottlieb show, trying to cover all of this madness. And we're still waiting, waiting on Gordon Hayward. Um, Sam obviously works for USA Today, follow him on Twitter, knows all about the association. Sam, um, what so far has happened that has surprised you the most?
7: Doug, uh, I think the fireworks that we had before we thought we were going to have the fireworks, you know what I mean? The Jimmy Butler trade, the Paul George trade, those were stunners those were shockers you know Blake Griffin re-signing with the Clippers is not stunning you know uh, and Chris Paul obviously obviously uh, also going to Houston so free agency wise you're talking about a dud so far um, you know you have mostly reasonable contracts you, you know, you can argue with some of the individual guys and how much they're getting annually like a Paul Millsap 30 million dollars a lot of money but the Nuggets get him for three years you don't lock yourself up Any longer than you need to. Kyle Lowry, even going back to Toronto, the market dried up for point guards. And, you know, I don't know the exact number. Um, As sexy as it sounds to call that a three year, $100 million contract, I think a pretty significant portion of that is incentivized, meaning the guaranteed number is is much lower. So um, some prudence on the part of all these NBA teams, and partly because the teams have a lot more leverage this year, there's a lot less cap space than there was a summer ago when they had that that cap spike. So, um, you know, so far, relatively quiet.
5: Okay, let's – I mentioned uh, before the break that the Nuggets had the best player that mainstream America doesn't know about. Nikola Jokic is their starting center who also averages like almost seven assists a game. He's awesome. So they had Paul Millsap – how legitimate are the Nuggets heading forward? Like, as we, you try and take teams out, and everybody's falling in love with the Minnesota Timberwolves, like, how, how legitimate are the Nuggets getting Paul Millsap to return?
7: I mean, I like the move, and you're, you're dead on about Jokic and they're being aggressive. Um, and, and we'll see what they do, to be honest with you, whether it's today, tomorrow. They're trying to move guys as we speak. Um, they, they feel pretty confident that they can find a new home for Kenneth for Reed who's got two years left on his deal and to, you know, create space for two purposes, if not more, they're still in the mix for George Hill, trying to find a way to sign George. And then even though Millsap and Danilo Gallinari had conceivably been side by side and fighting for the same money, um, it's still possible. Those two guys both wind up with the nuggets. And, and if you pull off moves like that, you know, you'd be in a good spot. They, they, you know, I'm a big fan of their coach and Mike Malone. I think he does a very good job. And Tim Conley, their GM, is is trying to get them into playoff position. You know, that's what they're fighting for. I'm not going to sit here and project the Nuggets as a top 14, even a top 16, but they've, you know, they've got Jokic. They've got even a Wilson Chandler who didn't want to be there anymore is playing some of the best ball of his career. Um, you know, and, and so a good core and they're trying to build, trying to make moves.
5: All right, what about Oklahoma City? They add Paul George, which is the which is the, the biggest move um, in terms of maybe quality of player outside of Chris Paul. Um, right. My, my only issue, my, look, the, the two things that I thought, and look, Sam Amick joining us from USA Today, you cover the league, you know way more about the league than I do. My two thoughts are, one, something that even those guys have privately told me. They have to make moves like this because they can't get legitimate big-time free agents to sign there. It just hasn't right. happened. They don't feel like it will happen, so they got to roll the dice. Right. I don't love the roster imbalance like Paul George is not a guard. He can shoot, but he's not a guard. And so, like, does that mean Abrines is now a starting two guard? Like they still have a glutton of three and then fours and fives, even though they parted ways with Sabonis. I, I don't hate the move as much for the Pacers as other people do. And I don't love it as much for Oklahoma City as other people do. What are your thoughts?
7: I loved it for OKC, and admittedly, I did hate it for the Pacers, Uh, especially when it's not often in the league where you have executives just opening up profusely from all sides about how one team took a deal that was markedly worse than others that were known to be on the table. And and the the feeling is that Kevin Pritchard and kind of by proxy Larry Bird, the rest of the Pacers group, even though Larry steps aside, he's a consultant, he's got a voice, they did not want to see Paul in the East, and so you – you took 50 cents on the dollar, if that, because you just didn't want to see the guy four times a year. Uh, I think that's a, a tough call to make. For OKC, they want Andre Robertson to the, basically play that two spot. Uh, he's a restricted free agent. He's going to be back in one form or another, I, I think. You know, His market's been a little bit tough so far. I don't think he's lining up the offers like he was hoping. Uh, I am also told it's you know all possibilities are on the table and including the idea that maybe he comes back on the qualifying offer and waits till free agency next year if he doesn't like what the Thunder are putting in front of him. But one way or another you would have Russ, Robertson, Paul, uh, you know, and the rest of their group. In the the four spot obviously they lose Taj Gibson, Jeremy Grant would be at the four and then Steven Adams at the five. So They can't shoot. They,
5: do.
7: they, they, yeah. they got,
5: now they have two guys that can score and nobody else that can shoot. Yeah, it's two it's one more than they had before.
7: <laughs> I mean they the shooting is still a problem. Paul can hit from mid range. Paul can hit from long range. Uh, takes a ton of pressure off Russ. And you know I, I think they're a lot better off than they were before. I hear what you're saying, but you know it is a roll of the dice. You know we got to wait and see if Russ is going to sign that extension uh, that's sitting on the table waiting for him. And uh, you know they're hoping it all pans out.
5: I mean, could they they could end up being the Lakers JV squad right for a year if if he doesn't resign. Does, isn't that a signal that, hey, look, I'm open to the possibility of moving next year? They could move together to L.A. 100%.
7: But the thing that I think if you're Sam Presti, the thing that helps you sleep at night uh, is that you literally took, and you've seen this written time and again, they traded Serge Ibaka to Orlando for the two guys that they gave up for Paul George and Victor Oladipo and Sabonis. So you basically swapped a year of uh, Serge Ibaka on the last year of his contract for a year of Paul George on the last year, of his contract with the knowledge and the Intel that even though Paul is like I've reported several times, you know, hell bent on signing with the Lakers really motivated to sign with the Lakers. He is leaving that door open that if a situation is so positive and so competitive, uh, that is not the Lakers and it's a team that he got traded to that he would consider re-signing there. And that's, that's the question. So you go back to your criticisms, X's and O's wise, they can't shoot. They can't this, they can't that. If you're right, then Paul's going to be gone if they're just not winning enough ball games. I mean, they've got to really make noise, I think, to to get Paul's sway enough uh, next summer in free agency.
5: Sam Amick joining us from USA Today covering the NBA. He does an incredible job. Follow him on Twitter, read his stuff, usatoday.com. Um, okay, Sam, let's go to Gordon Hayward. Um, like I, just, I don't know. It just makes too much sense to, for Boston, right? I mean, Brad recruited him. Brad helped him get to the national championship. He had two shots to win a national championship against Duke. He missed both of them. Uh, they need him. They have the cast space. They have a good team. Like, I get that Miami and the taxes and it's warm and all that, but Miami, and even though Miami was great in the second half of the season last year with all their injuries, still weren't a playoff team. So you're still kind of betting on what possibly could be, as opposed to joining a ready-made team with a coach who you absolutely know and absolutely trust. Uh, doesn't it feel like it, the, the, we know the answer? We're just waiting to hear it? Um. I'm not sure about that. I mean, I do think
7: Boston makes a ton of sense. And the Miami thing, not to get too in the weeds on this, but it always cracks me up in free agency. We, we, we sometimes, there's information we can't get to because it's it's life personal stuff. And, and there's been some buzz about how, you know, Gordon loves his wife very much, and his wife has is, is got thoughts of her own that might come into play about Miami. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's true, but, you know, you hear that a lot. Um, they, they The Celtics rolled out the red carpet or the green carpet for them yesterday and, and had Gordon's name up on the billboard with his wife, Robin. And so, you know, those are the things that, that who knows if they come into play. But basketball-wise, I'm with you. Miami, uh, unless he is just such a fan of Pat Riley and everything he brings with that winning culture and the belief that, that Pat is always going to restock the shelves, I mean, and that's fair if you want to look at it that way. But you're going to have to wait a little bit. And even though the East is down, um, you could have a ready-made thing in Boston. You can sit there and compete with the Cavs. I also don't have total clarity on when it comes to Gordon and his ego, how much if at all he cares about being the guy, the man, because in Miami, you're much more the guy. In Boston, you know, you're you're making a good thing better. And but you're part of a group and they've already got star, you know, Isaiah Thomas has been doing his thing running the show there. Uh, but, you know, the the Utah thing, they I've been told had some confidence within, you know, from yesterday and today. They were feeling okay, I'm certainly not sitting there ready to, to do a party saying he's coming back, but they were not walking around with their chins on the ground. So I feel like it's it's somewhat wide open. Uh, if I'm handicapping it right now, I think you're right. that The Boston probably winds up being the pick. But, uh, you know, we got this waiting game to, to find out what happens.
5: It's Doug Gottlieb's show, Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so at, after that, then there becomes Carmelo Anthony, who reports are now – would be open to a trade, posting videos of him running at two in the morning, um, that he'd be open to a trade to two clubs, Houston and to Cleveland. And of course, Cleveland still doesn't have anybody running outside of the president, uh, outside of the owner running the place because Sean Spill decided to pull out after uh, he's playing in the Big Three, which airs tonight. He had a Big Three last night in the Big Three, which you can see (laughs) on Fox Sports 1. Um, So... What ultimately happens with Carmelo Anthony to the best of best of your ability forecast for me?
7: Uh, it's tough to say that, Doug, just without knowing what's on the table for you uh, know or with Houston and Cleveland going out. They don't have a lot of assets. Um, Houston, much more so than the Cavs, and Steve Mills running the show in New York after Phil Jackson's inauspicious exit. And um, you know, not a surprise that Melo is willing to go to. Either one of these squads. Obviously, his guys are there now. You got LeBron in Cleveland, Chris Paul and, and Houston. Um, I'm a little surprised by the some of the reporting that that Mello and Mike D'Antoni have completely put their stuff in the past, and that I know no, that didn't.
5: That thing did, That thing was a disaster last time when Jeremy Lin got it going, wasn't it?
7: I mean, and it wasn't a, like, you know, listen, my colleague and friend Ramona Shelburne of ESPN was on TV the other night saying that in her opinion. It's not in the past, and it's something that bothers Mike to this day. And I would probably just say I, I completely agree with that. So, that being said, he's not, you know, Mike's a smart man. Melo's a smart man. So, if you look at each other in the eye and say, let's just kind of let bygones be bygones and, and go try to go out the Warriors, then maybe that's fine. But it was pretty ugly. I mean, Mike D'Antoni literally resigned from that job in New York because Melo had pushed back against him so hard, and he just kind of waved the white flag. So, uh, interesting dynamic there. And I just don't know what the price tag is for the Knicks. Obviously, they, they have no interest in buying him out when you're talking about nearly $50 million. You know, that just never happens. You know, you don't get bought out for that kind of money. But, uh, you know, another fluid situation where we'll see where it goes.
5: Yeah, it's what's, what's funny is he ran Mike D'Antoni off, and then now he's running Phil Jackson off. And who do you want to bring that onto your club if you're Mike D'Antoni or... If you're if you're Tyron Lue. Sam Amick, great stuff as always, Sam. It's always interesting. I look forward to talking with you as uh, we get more clarity on Gordon Hayward, maybe on Carmelo, maybe on some of the other stars, Danilo Gallinari in the NBA. In the meantime, we'll follow you on Twitter and read your work in USA Today. Thanks so much.
7: You got it. Thanks, Doug.
5: All right. Happy Fourth of July to you, Sam Amick. Carmelo Anthony to the Rockets, why it's not happening. To reaffirm what Sam said and take it one step further. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Now John Ramos is telling me I'm good. Well, I love this encouragement I have. Oh, oh, uh, my mic is hot and I'm good to go. Ramos, you're really good at what you do, though. Because I I, I take all of this as as confidence building stuff. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very Um, much, Doug. Yeah. Ramos, 4th uh, of July plans. What are you doing? I
6: think we're going to go to a local, like our city, a fireworks display. But that's tomorrow, right? Not today. So, yeah.
5: Yeah, it's tomorrow. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be today in Israel here. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, for you. <laughs> t minus an hour and a half. But obviously not the independence of Israel. So, um yeah, I gotta. You know, look, we've done the, the 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 fireworks parades, fireworks shows over fireworks shows over water somehow seem to be better. Why is that? Why does it seem to be better over water? I don't know. We've I've done the stadium ones as well, um, but my kids are getting to the eh, the fireworks shows and like you know, and I've kind of come full circle on to where I'm like they're kind of cool, you know, set to music and the, who doesn't love a good finale, right? Like. A, it, why, why not just do the finale the whole time? That's, that's always a thought of mine. The finale is amazing. If they just did all one finale, be done in like two minutes, be great. We're done. We're done. We're ready to go. Everybody ready? Good. Let's go. Um, so Ramos is doing that. What about music? What, what, what's, your, what's your setup? What's your, what's your deal?
8: Uh, not really doing much for the fourth tomorrow. Be doing the show here, and then I'll stop by my sister's place for a little bit before picking the girlfriend up from the airport. Uh, that's right. She
5: went on a trip to Europe without you. That's right. It's true yes. love, right there. Uh, that's that's. That's, that's true.
8: how I know it's meant to last.
5: So the guy she went with is he's not taking her back? Oh hell
8: no, no, he's staying. He's staying in Europe, and then when he gets back, I'm gonna pick him up and <laughs> take him. <laughs> you can pick up the guy. <laughs>
5: uh, uh, he can he can take a joke and he can dish him out as well. Uh, so we have a show tomorrow. I'm not doing the
8: show tomorrow. We have a, is Jonas doing the show tomorrow? The network moves on without you, Doug. Shockingly enough.
5: No, I didn't know if they were doing a best of show. No, uh, no. I don't going. know if we have
8: enough best of material. We're gonna yet. do it live, Doug. <laughs>
5: we're gonna do it live. That's okay. I, I mean, I would have. I would have. I'm in transit tomorrow to <laughs> Jerusalem. To Jerusalem tomorrow. So. Um, uh, yeah, I know the network. I'm, I'm, Listen, I'm not so arrogant that I think you can't have a show if I don't <laughs> do the show, okay? Uh, but I just didn't know if, like, 4th of July, that's usually one in which sometimes you sometimes you do the best of, although we've only been doing this show on this network for two months, and it might be hard to, to find best of material. <laughs> it's, uh, like, look, they're... you haven't been that good yet. We can't do a best of. <laughs> we don't. But We're... technically, the best of does not mean good. Remember, best of does not mean you have a good show. It just means the best of whatever the hell Of we what Of what that's...
8: was available to us at the time. Correct. So no, Very good. Um,
5: it's like the best trailer in a trailer park. You can sell the best trailer in a trailer park. It's still the trailer in a trailer park. That's right. Um, and anyway. Uh, look, I, I'm with Sam Amick. This idea that Mike D'Antoni, who was run out of New York by Carmelo Anthony, that he's going to be like, hey, you know what? Carmelo's on the market and we need another guy who scores a lot like first of all mike d'antoni and his system what do they do like um and i'm not saying ramos you're a a basketball layman but i also wouldn't say like you're an expert about basketball but you watch enough of it ryan and music what is the 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 two points of emphasis the two places they want to score the houston
8: rockets uh, they want to score either layups or three-pointers. Yep. Correct.
5: Uh, where does Carmelo Anthony score?
8: The 18-foot jumper right in between. <laughs> Correct.
5: He is the master of the mid-range. Neither. He doesn't play any defense. He only scores in the mid-range. He got the head coach fired in New York. Where do I get this guy? Like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Don't be stupid, people. He just got Field Jackson fired, and they're like, yeah, you know, we, we still really don't want you here. And he's like, well, you know, if I post pictures of me running at 2 in the morning, like, okay, well, what are you doing the rest of the day? <laughs> like, you, you couldn't have been running at, like, I don't know, 4 in the afternoon? Couldn't run at 10 at night? Uh, but I was, I was really killing it at 2 in the morning. Like, okay. I just, uh, okay, like, I hope Carmelo Anthony gets in shape. Look, and this is somebody who has an immense amount of respect for Carmelo the score. But he's destroyed every team he's ever been on. Everyone in the pros, he just is. Whether he means to do it or doesn't mean to do it, he can't help himself. He napalms every single team. The Mike D'Antoni's style finally hit when they had Jeremy Lin, and look, it wasn't real. It was two, it was two amazing weeks, right? It was like a college relationship. You ever one of those college relationships? It's weird how college relationships, like the last two weeks, you thought it lasted a year. Like, man, we had two weeks. We went out every night. We, got, we went back to her place every night. It's like, oh, is it incredible? That's what Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin's deal was a, was a college hookup. It was like two incredible, intense weeks where he dominated the NBA. Now, they didn't have Tyson Chandler. You know, they didn't have Melo. And then remember Melo came back and he was like, oh, I don't really like this, the whole, the whole deal. Somebody else being a star. D'Antoni's whole thing is about ball movement and Carmelo's a ball stopper. Like, wh- where where do people think, like, Melo's going to be like, well, I want to play with Chris Paul. Like, yeah, hey, here's the thing. Mike D'Antoni's coach of the year. It's his offense. He's still going to try and have to figure it out how you get Chris Paul and James Harden to short- share the basketball. I'm, I'm just like, if you get me fired from a job and I go to another job, I'm not going to sit there and go like, hey, you know what I'd really like to get? How do I employ the guy who caused me to be unemployed? Do you think anybody? It's. Do you think anybody? It's like when Dwight Howard was available. Like, oh, Dwight Howard would go back to Houston. Like, he got Mike D'Antoni fired before. Or almost got him fired in Houston. Crazy. People is people is crazy. They crazy. Anyway, Zeke Elliott is uh, maybe getting suspended. Big deal, little deal, no deal. I'll tell you next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Dan Byron, and Rob Parker in tomorrow. So Dan's got the day off today with his beautiful new bride, Lisa. Can't wait to hear Dan back on. With uh, uh, They'll be filling in for me tomorrow. Oh, he's hosting today? So he didn't get the day with who he hosts for today. Oh, he's doing three to five. He's doing the Gorman show. Cool. All right. So you got a little, I don't know. Uh, I like Dan. Great dude. Really happy for him. And those guys will give a little different. uh, You'll get some, you'll get some, you'll get some smoldering takes there from a man, Rob Parker. We go way, way back. You guys don't know me and Rob Parker hosted uh, about three weeks of shows together uh, back at the old place. We were at together. They wanted to pair us together and we couldn't ever get it worked out. Then he went, worked the TV, whatever, and did Detroit radio. So those two on for me tomorrow. Hope you have a happy and most importantly uh, safe fourth. We'll go over that. You want to keep all your digits. You don't want to do a JPP. Uh, but let's get you caught up in some of the stories of the day. We'll, we'll we reach into my sack of games every day and find out what's there.
4: Let's reach into Godlieb's
5: sack. <laughs> Ralph Irvin's in today for Dan Byer. who will be hosting. Dan will be hosting after this show. Ralph, what do you what? What's the game today? Well,
9: let's see what's in the sack. Big deal, little deal, no deal. All right, so it's big deal, little deal, no deal, and we start with Ezekiel Elliott, who has not faced any charges after his ex-girlfriend accused him of assaulting her nearly a year ago. The NFL, though has yet to take any disciplinary action, and that's kind of hanging in the balance right now. Is that a big deal, a little deal, or a no deal? I think it's a no deal,
5: right? Like, I understand that something might have happened, they didn't press charges. I just, you start to work yourself down a path to which, if you suspend him for something he wasn't charged for, um, then, you know, then you're, you're stepping out of your purview uh, I, I just I think it's a very very dangerous. But I think it's no no deal as of now, until there's something substantive. It to me it's no deal. All
9: right, next up, Draymond Green's Snapchat picture of Lakers Nick Young, and then says Warriors with a question mark. Could he well, be coming war- to Golden State? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there have been. Uh, I would say that would be a.
5: A uh, little deal. little deal because it, he'd be a bench player. He, here's the thing about Nick Young. I don't want Nick Young to be a starter. Okay, No no, thanks. But Nick Young as a come off the bench and just go get buckets, like he can turbocharge you as a scorer. And I don't hate that. I mean, look, think about your image of JaVale McGee before he played for the Golden State Warriors, and then think about how good a season he had this year. Same can be said for Nick Young if you
9: get him for pennies on the dollar. All right, next up. Home Run Derby will be coming as part of all-star game festivities. And Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, and possibly even the Dodgers' Cody Bellinger all taking part in Home Run Derby's big event.
5: Uh, I'd say it's a big deal because so many of these players are young, right? Like, like what you, what you want to use the Home Run Derby for, and this is organically going to happen, is the young stars in, in baseball. And by the way, I do hold it against LeBron James. He was never in the dunk contest. Like, why weren't you ever in the dunk contest? Jordan was always in the dunk contest. He could have lost. He didn't lose. Um, so I, I love that these guys go in the home run derby just because it's, it's a showcase for baseball. The long ball is back. They're on track to hit more home runs than they've ever hit in the history of baseball. And why not put some young big boppers out there like Bellinger uh, and, and like, like the judge? I, I think it's great. And I think it's smart to have the
9: younger guys do it. Now, the Dodgers have the National League's best record but won't have any starters in the All-Star game. And Kenley Jansen says, quite simply, it's the Dodger fans' fault. Um, I think it's dumb. I-, I think that's dumb. First of all, don't
5: call it your own fans. Call it other fans, like Cub fans, for you know stuffing the ballot box last year when Addison uh, Russell was the starting shortstop. I mean, it's a joke. It's a joke. I'll start voting is so stupid where I, I just never understood the stuffing in the ballot box for your own team. Uh, to me, that's, uh, that's lame. And I wouldn't blame my own fans. I would blame other fans for simply voting for guys because they play on my team. <laughs>
4: that was Gottlieb's sack. <laughs> right,
5: that was uh, Gottlieb's sack. So as a, as a, we're working a couple phone calls. We're going to a couple phone calls next hour, 877-99 on Fox, 877-99 on Fox. Teams tell you about themselves based upon the moves they make. The Thunder said something loud and clear. What is it? Find out next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We're actually broadcasting live from Tel Aviv, Israel this week as I'm coaching a basketball team in the Maccabi Games, which is like the Jewish Olympics. I'm coaching the uh, U.S. men's open team. We've only toured and practiced and played uh, a national team and another friendly. So we still have more uh, practices to come, some friendlies to come, and then the tournament, which gets underway on the 9th of July. So we're here for a while. And uh, I got a chance to see most of the country and the guys at Fox Sports Radio have been kind enough to set me up here. So we will continue with the show with with the most part uninterrupted until I return. Like you won't know, but it's been really, really cool. I have been watching from afar what's going on in the NBA. And I'm like you, I'm waiting on Gordon Hayward. Because it does make sense to go to the Boston Celtics. They do have 17 NBA titles. They do have a team to which he joins them with a, with the coach he's played for before. With players who are versatile. It fits his kind of versatile style. And it feels like he, they got a shot to take the next step next year. And then if you want to think LeBron James is staying, like that's cool. But every sign, just like the signs seem to be pointing to Gordon Hayward going to Boston. Aren't the signs to LeBron James going elsewhere? Chauncey Billups doesn't agree to terms on becoming the president of basketball operations. LeBron James isn't recruiting players to come and play for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And yes, they'll probably get to the NBA Finals again. And maybe the Golden State Warriors will be worn down uh, by, the, by the attrition of the Western Conference. That's very, very possible. But boy, it sure seems like a divorce is uh, imminent between LeBron and the Cavs. And wouldn't it just be interesting if LeBron once again gets away with stuff that other stars haven't, you know, bouncing from team to team. Shaq has done it. Shaq was somehow lovable and never seemed, never wanted to be, never demanded that we considered him the best ever. But I I think that teams show who they are based upon the hires that they make. Right? I mean, that's not any different in business. That's well, not any different than, uh, than with who you marry, right? A lot of times people marry somebody who resembles, like women marry guys that either resemble their father or the exact opposite of their father. It's not like a mixed bag of it, right? If they have daddy issues, then they a lot of times marry a guy who's the exact opposite of their daddy. Men the same way. You know, there's a certain psychology to it that you either marry somebody who's exactly like your mom or exactly opposite of your mom. There's not any kind of gray area in between. You tell people who you are and what your issues are or how you like to manage your life based upon who your spouse is. Isn't it? My spouse is quite different than me. Quite different than me. Like, look, we do have, she has short hair and I, and she's, um, and we're both, Fairly, we're both slender. We both, um, you know, eat eat well. But we're from completely different backgrounds. Like I was raised like a very, very, very reformed Jew-ish back background. She's from a very, very conservative Southern Baptist background. You know, her dad was salt of the earth, could live off the land. Started working when he was 15. They started a young family. Everything with his hands. Union, pipeline, well, my dad's dad was an accountant and then became a car dealer. My dad was a basketball coach. Like, you couldn't have been any. They live in the same place from the day she was born. We moved all over. So our backgrounds are very different. My, my Both my parents went to college, and my, my, grandpa, my grandpa went to college, and my grandpa and grandma on the other side went to college. She's the first one in her parent, family to graduate from college. And so my guess is, like, one of the reasons that, I don't know if she was attracted to me then, you know, once you get 16 and a half, 17 years, are you really attracted to the other person? Who knows? I'm sure I'd drive her absolutely crazy. So um, the point is that I'm, I would guess in the psychology of it, there were parts of her that were the opposite of my mom and the parts of me that were the opposite of her dad. And that's how we chose to kind of roll, Right. Everybody knows there's a certain psychology to your mom, your dad issues, and that plays at least some, some form or some factor in who you and why you marry them. Fair? Okay. Oklahoma City has star issues. They do. They don't have daddy issues. They got star issues. They had a burgeoning star in James Harden that they couldn't get to not go out during the NBA Finals. They struggle with how much money he thought he was worth. They struggle with getting him to play defense, and they struggle with with the idea of, well, if they paid him, who else would they have to pay? And so they jettisoned him. And that, of course, sent them on this path of trying to get find a third star with Kevin Durant, and that didn't work. Then Kevin Durant was with them for 10 years, nine in Oklahoma City, or eight years, nine nine years, eight years in Oklahoma City. And he took them to the almost to the mountaintop or to the mountaintop, but didn't complete the deal in the NBA Finals. And then almost back again last year, and made them believe that he was always going to be there. He was Kevin Durant. He was Mr. Reliable until he wasn't. And because of it, and because of past failures in signing free agents, because they they couldn't sign and trade for Blake Griffin, who's from Oklahoma City, and has repeatedly told people I know he has no desire to play in Oklahoma City. This is not Doug Gottlieb saying, I don't like Oklahoma City. I've lived there. I like it. Cost of living good. Some great areas in downtown. Good areas in Edmond. There's some cool areas. What is that? East of downtown. You go to the north side of the city. It's awesome. They, the the arena is beautiful. The practice facility is beautiful. Like, all that's great. I'm just telling you that this organization has star issues. They don't believe they could get a star to sign there. Chris Paul, there was talk a long time ago. You go back like four years ago. Why don't they trade Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul? Chris Paul played here with the New Orleans Hornets. Remember when New Orleans was New Orleans, Oklahoma City for two years? Remember that? Chris Paul was there. He didn't want to come back. Just too small for those guys or whatever. Whatever the, the the vibe was, it's not. And they exposed themselves by taking a substantial amount of risk with Paul George. Paul George isn't just risky for Oklahoma City because they might only have him for a year. Paul George is risky for Oklahoma City because, well, they continue to front load their team. Remember, Paul George, when he came back to the NBA from the broken leg, they moved him to power forward. He played some power and some small, some three, some four. That's the way the NBA is going. And he fought it at first, but that's the way the NBA is going. Well, they just got rid of their starting two guard. Granted, Victor Oladipo can't really shoot. That, that's a four from three. That's a problem for shooting guards. But the issue becomes, you got rid of your two guard and you replaced him with a three. Three. Everybody else is starting to backload their team with guards and you continue to front load your team. You got rid of Sabonis. You brought in kind of a 3-4 hybrid. He's better than both those players combined. I'm not disputing that. And there is some risk and you got to take it. But Oklahoma City exposed themselves to the team that has to take a lot more risk on a trade than they would normally want to because they got star issues. They got star issues. And star issues cause you, just like dad issues, cause you to date or marry people you probably might not ever want to date. Maybe it works. Maybe they have a great year. And Paul George is like, you know what? I love this place. Now I know I Russ stayed. Now I know I KD stayed so long. They got great fans. It's the Western Conference. Russell Westbrook's a cool dude. Cost of living's cheap. I can do but he was kind of in that in Indy. And the ultimate backfire is that the Oklahoma City Thunder don't sign Russell Westbrook this offseason to a $217 million deal. That sounds a lot like a lot of money just coming. Up. I'm losing breath saying $217 million. Ryan Music, my producer. Ryan, can, can you say, say $217 million and not get tired saying it? $217. I
8: don't know. I'm actually going to take the. Seventeen million dollars. I'm going, to, I'm going to take the rest of the day off. I couldn't finish it. That's why. No, say two hundred seventeen million dollars. Two hundred seventeen million dollars.
5: That's a lot of money, isn't it? Like if somebody puts a contract in front of you that says two hundred seventeen million dollars, don't you sign it?
8: I don't know right? how you couldn't.
5: I don't know how you could not. There's only one possible reason you couldn't sign it. Is that you don't want to stay there. You don't want to live there. It's the only possible explanation. If somebody puts down like, hey, what do you think about making $217 million? Guaranteed. Uh, Did I mention it was guaranteed? I'm not sure if I Ramos. Did I say guaranteed? I think I might have glossed over a very important part of it. That's very
6: important. You may have glossed over it. So why don't you tell us that particular point?
5: Five years, $217 million guaranteed in front of him. And he has not signed it. And if he doesn't sign it, it tells you all you need to know that Russell Westbrook and Paul George might be playing together a year from now in Los Angeles. It's not crazy. I mean, it's crazy to turn down $270 million. That, my friends, is is bonkers. Just bonkers. Uh, so we'll, we'll wait on Gordon Hayward. But... It's one of those deals to where um, like you almost feel like if you're Gordon Hayward. You got like 4th of July. I guess this is the 4th of July to which you announce it on 4th of July. And then you go celebrate like he's going to get paid. It's going to be a new place or maybe it's the old place, whatever. Like that one I can kind of get. Right Where you're like, ah, you're sitting around your wife. You visit a couple places. You talk it out. You come to a decision. You announce it and then you celebrate like that's good. I like celebrating any decision is a makes the decision feel a lot better. But I, I thought Oklahoma City exposed themselves. We'll take you to Philadelphia, where did you see what J.J. Reddick signed for? Um, I understand they have money to spend, but $23 million for J.J. Reddick? $23 million? We're going to take you to Oklahoma City and get some information as to whether or not, as to whether or not uh, Whether they think that Paul George, like I'm sure the immediate reaction is Paul George coming to town, awesome. I'm just wondering, doesn't it feel like Oklahoma City saying to you, we have no other possible way of getting the type of, the caliber of player of Paul George unless we take him on a one-year rental deal that reeks of desperation. I was telling you guys about the All-Star voting. You know, what's interesting is that uh, Nolan Aranato is getting the start at third base. You know, I know Kenley Jansen is mad at, at Dodger voters, but have you seen Paul Goldschmidt's Paul Goldschmidt's numbers this year as, a, as opposed to Nolan Aranato? All right. I mean, excuse me, as opposed to Ryan Zimmerman? Goldschmidt has... Um, G- Goldie has the highest war in baseball, not starting at first base. That's crazy. That's, just, that's crazy to me. All right, we'll take it to Oklahoma City, take it to Philadelphia. We'll do so upcoming next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we're actually not coming from the Fox Sports Radio studios. I mean, like, look—if if Fox Sports Radio wants to claim these studios where I'm broadcasting from in Tel Aviv, that would be—that would be very much news to them. Did you guys see the Facebook Live where I—I I, tweet—I—I uh, uh, I did live footage of the setup here. Have you guys checked that one out yet? Ramos follows me
8: on Facebook. Music, are you on Facebook? Uh, yeah, I am, and we are friends. <laughs> but I think I, I'm friends know, with your personal account, not the show one. Oh, and so that one only posted on the show one? I don't know. I, I, I don't know which one it is, but I think that that's how we're connected <laughs> via Facebook. All right, I saw part of over. it, and then the show started. So I was like, maybe I'll worry about our live show, not how Doug got to the studio today.
5: <laughs> um, fine. You guys laugh. I just thought it'd be interesting. And I when I, when I went, I'm going to big dog you now, when I went to actual Facebook... Not, not in Silicon Valley. The one in New York, they said, hey, pre-show Facebook, Facebook Lives, those work really well. So we'll see. You want to see how many people watch that one? Oh, let's see here. Hold on, hold, on, hold on. Um, How come this one's not popping up? And I think that one is on my personal one. I think that one is on my personal one. Music shows. shows yeah, that one is on my personal one. <laughs> All
2: right. I'm not a music guy. It is guy. my
5: personal one. Yeah. I'll move that one over to the other one, if, if that if that will float your boat. In the meantime, you know, we gotta find out what they think in local cities about a couple of these, uh, these deals that are made. I got just the guys for the job. Hey!
0: Hey! We don't know everything, but we know people that know what you wanna know, you know?
5: What the hell he say?
0: Sounds like you need a guy.
5: Hey! Hey! I got a guy. Uh, Let's go to Mark Rogers, who you can hear in Oklahoma City on WWLS, the Sports Animal. That is actually the home of the Oklahoma City Thunder Radio Network. Mark, what's your immediate reaction to the Paul George deal?
4: I I think it could be better for Oklahoma City. Uh, Sam Presti really had uh, some issues with the roster. He doesn't have any room with the cap. and, And so I think he got rid of a contract that was not friendly for Oklahoma City. And he brought in a guy for one year in Paul George to say, hey, maybe this works for... Paul George and Russell Westbrook to stay here long term. We'll see how it goes. But in the short term, it at least gives Oklahoma City two of the best ten players in the league, which is a long way from where they were last year.
5: Um, okay, my, my issue with it is twofold. One, it's a one-year deal, right? And then, like, he's from L.A., Russ is from L.A. He's been trying to recruit guys to go to L.A., like, isn't the worst possible option now on the table where Russell turns down the extension and follows him to Los Angeles next season?
4: Yeah, that's certainly a possibility, but I think you have to also look at it, too, as who knows what happens with the Lakers next season. If Russell leaves after next year, you really don't have much anyway. If you're going to build around um, two of the higher paid guys on the team being Adams and Oladipo, I just don't think that's that's a that's a lottery team no matter what happens with russ so at least you give him the thought of hey here's what it could be like in oklahoma city and oh by the way you're here you don't have to jump through other hoops to go to los angeles if you want to do that next season
5: uh russell westbrook has a 217 million dollar five-year extension in front of him anytime he wants to sign it correct
4: correct that is correct
5: okay so if he doesn't sign he's telling you he doesn't want to stay there right
4: well, I don't know. That's a, I think that he can will have the option to come back after next season as well. Um, and I think that when he becomes a free agent after next season, then all other options are on the table. Right now, he's still got a year left with the Thunder. I mean, he can opt out. Okay, I know. Season.
5: But but Mark, Mark, look, if somebody offers you two hundred seventeen million dollars. Right. So the offer is going to The money
4: is going to. The money will be the same next year. I mean, it just has to do with the flexibility. I mean, it might. It might be saying that. I mean, he might. He might be saying that he might sign that contract, and uh, when he comes back from a uh, vacation, or when he gets a chance to sit down with with Sam Presti. So I, I don't know. Um, I do think that if he is going to leave, no matter what, then they've at least given Oklahoma City a chance to have a pretty good team next season. One that might be the second best team in the West, uh, and then it's another good year for the fans. And then you're going to have to rebuild anyway after next season. Uh, and it's better to, I think, have that room than to have Victor Oladipo as your star guy at $20 million a year.
5: Okay, last thing is this. Okay. What about the roster imbalance of bigs to guards? I love Paul George, but he's more three that sometimes plays four, and they continue to need more shooting. He's a very good scorer. He can shoot, but this did, this did not add a depth of shooting to their lineup. Does that mean Abrinas ends up? Because, who? How do they put shooting around around these two in the lineup?
4: Well, that's a really that's a pretty good question, Doug. Because I think last year, going into last season, Pressey bet that this big lineup would really work, and it didn't. It's just it's just not going to work. I think that the Warriors showed that the that small ball is going to win, and the Thunder got a big dose of that in the playoffs from the Rockets. So what they'll do is, is I think they'll start Jeremy Grant at the four if they're not able to bring somebody in else uh, at the mid-level exception, which the Thunder have about five million bucks. So I don't know that Oklahoma City's done. I think they're still trying to work and work they could possibly. Uh, trade Cantor, but that would leave them even more small. They would have to find another uh, big guy in return. But I think it just shows what Sam Presti believes you have to do to win in the NBA, which is going to be go
5: smaller. And and the other the 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 other positive note that Oklahoma City can take, there was some talk that the Knicks would be interested in Sam Presti. There's no reason to believe that he would take make this move and take the job now. Correct?
4: Yeah, I don't think so. And when I saw that, I didn't know what kind of fit it would be. Obviously, the Knicks wanted to throw a lot of money at him. I mean. Pressey grew up and went to school in Boston. I mean, he he would, of course, take that job if the money was right, but it just didn't seem like the right fit. Griffin seems like a much better fit to me than what Pressey would have been.
5: Mark Rogers, WWLS uh, sports radio host in Oklahoma City. He's our guy, as they're happy they got Paul George. Mark, have a happy and safe Fourth of July. We'll talk soon.
4: Sounds good, Doug. See ya.
5: I got a guy. I got a guy in Philadelphia, Bob Cooney, 76ers, beat writer for the Daily News. He covers the Sixers. One year, $23 million for J.J. Redick. I know they need shooters. I know they need veterans. But that's an exorbitant sum of money. Was the right place, right time?
3: I think so. And, and it gives them an idea of, of, of what they may need moving forward. Uh, I thought it was a good move by the Sixers. I don't think they wanted to spend $18 million over three or four years for J.J. Redick. Uh, so bringing him in they had to get to the cap floor. They had they, they had, had to spend some money Bringing him in for that much money It allows them to see what what an outside shooter can do for this club and for at least one year It'll help improve the games of a Joel indeed of a Ben Simmons of a Markel Fultz By having a guy out there that can help spread the floor and make their lives a lot easier
5: um, Does he end up starting?
3: You know, it's funny, I, I keep going through my mind and on paper, Doug, if, if he does or not. Um, they want to have Simmons as the primary ball handler. They want Fultz to be handling the ball also. So they're kind of getting away from that normal point guard, shooting guard status. So you could throw Redick in there. Um, you know, you would have Fultz covering a one and then and then Redick covering a two and Simmons maybe covering a three. Um, so it, it's quite possible that he would be. And, and last year when they had Ersan Ilyasova in the starting lineup and he was able to spread the floor with his outside shooting, that's when Joel Embiid played his best. So I, I would think that Redick would probably be in that
7: starting lineup.
5: They were a bad defensive team last year. They had Markel Foltz who's not a particularly good defensive player, and he's very, very young. Ben Simmons, who's a terrible defensive player, and he's never played a game in the NBA. And J.J. Redick, who's not a very good defensive player. Yeah. I get that they have a lot of young, talented pieces, but Brett Brown at some point needs to win games. Can they win games if they don't guard anybody?
3: Yeah, you know, Robert Covington's your best perimeter defender and one of the better ones in the league. And, and this J.J. Redick signing just may force him out of the starting lineup. I, I, that's why I struggle. I, I think you have to have Robert Covington in that starting lineup somehow. Uh, be, simply because, like I said, he is your best perimeter defender. Um, you can't just rely on Joel Embiid being a rim protector. You can't do it. The guy's going to get in foul trouble. He's only played 31 games in the NBA. So th- they're going to have to figure it out defensively somehow. It is it is the biggest thing that Brett Brown once improved upon, and and that is the defense. You're exactly right there.
5: All right, they still have Jahlil Okafor. They can't seem to find anyone to take him off their hands. Does he play uh, – does he, does he start the season on the 76ers?
3: Uh, that's the biggest question. I'm going to say uh, – I'll say no. I'll say they somehow find a deal, find someone. There's a report going around that there may be interest in New York uh, for a trade. Um, uh, he, it's just a shame. I, you know, this guy came to the league, and the league totally changed, and his game doesn't doesn't benefit with the way the game's played. And he's also playing behind who many believe might be – the best center in the league in years to come. So it, it's just a shame for Dillo Loke for here that, that that's the way things panned out. But they, I think they've been trying and they were hoping that maybe he would come in and, and accept being a 15 to 20 minute a night guy backing up um, Joel Embiid. I, I just don't know. He just doesn't seem that energy guy coming off the bench. He doesn't seem to be that type.
5: No, it's hard to become that guy when you've never been that guy. Bob Cooney from the Daily News in Philadelphia covering the 76ers who signed J.J. Reddick to a one-year $23 million contract. That's a lot of fireworks. Enjoy the fireworks on the 4th of July in, uh, in the city where our uh, Constitution was written. Bob, thanks so much for joining us on Fox Sports it, Radio. You Have a great one. All
3: right,
5: you So too. you needed a guy?
8: I'm a point guard.
5: We got you a guy. So now you got caught up in Philadelphia and in Oklahoma City. Coming up next... Could Giselle have been right all along? What's Tom Brady got to hide? Ramos, you'd be proud of me today.
6: I'm why always proud, proud of you, but me? tell me why I'm exceptionally I, I, proud of
5: you today. Okay, so um, I'm a child of the 90s, right? Like, look, I'm hip with, um, like, you name it, I'm I'm hip with, with all the new music. I, I, I pride myself on trying to may, remain, not only remain present, but also remain kind of relevant and understand what's relevant in music. So I have um, I have a couple little these little speaker things that um, let me see who these uh these speaker deals are um, JBLs right? one of my close friends and executive with Harman Carden who owns JBL so we have these little uh, what are they they're like JBL uh, twos or something like that there's little handheld speakers right everybody has it's like the you know the Beats has the pill the JBL ones are really cool. And we're, we're touring all around Israel. Yesterday we went to the Dead Sea and Masada, and I was like the DJ for the trip. So what you have is you have coaches, and all the coaches are in there late 30s to early 50s. And all the players are in there early to mid-20s to late, late teens to early 20s, right? So yesterday I was trying to play all the more hip, relevant, hot music, you know, from... Uh, From Post Malone, uh, some Rick Ross, some Calvin Harris, some Lil Dickies, some J. Cole. You know, anything that I felt was new, you know, there's just some buy-in there. So today, the coach was like, hey, you got some 90s hip-hop? So I was was thinking about uh, that Don't Want to Be a Player No More from Big Pun. That was one of the jams that I was playing. R- Ramos and I are part of a generation that music can't possibly comprehend. We're used to make mixtapes for people, and if the mixtape, if it was a breakup mixtape, it always ended with one song. Ramos, do you know the, mix, the, what, the what the song was in a breakup mixtape? End with?
6: God, there's so many songs. I don't want to say just end one. End of the
5: road, Ramos. Uh, boys the to road, men. Boys to men. Right? <laughs> okay,
6: there we
5: go. And we come to the end of the road. Right. Those guys are living proof that if you can really sing, you can get women no matter how ugly you are. Because they are not good-looking men. Yes. They, they, they are. I played golf with them, and they scare the golf ball. Right? They get the boogeyman Uh-oh. nightmares. No question. Yeah, it's over, Johnny. It is. It is. It is. Hope. Ramos would be proud of me though, because I was repping the '90s hard tonight. Today, I was just, I was crushing with. We went early '90s. SWV. Oh man, we we're doing Gangster Paradise, Coolio. Uh, some early outcast, some Tupac, man, some Wu-Tang, some Black Sheep, some DeBrat. Oh, it was great. Some and how, ELC, some R. Kelly, huh?
6: How did your players enjoy that? Did they take you to know it? What they, did? They,
5: they, they took to it some, okay. but more than anything, like the adults were like, hey, we're adults. We, I, I, I got the speaker. Um, I felt like um, Denzel Washington in Crimson Tide. I got the con. Okay? <laughs> I got the con. Everybody stand down. I got the con. I felt like maybe I was more like Gene Hackman you know it's kind of old crotchety and white yeah that's what it was it's very very possible um remember when Giselle Bundchen Tom Brady's wife supermodel worth hundreds of million dollars she was on CBS this morning a couple months ago and she said this about her Super Bowl winning husband.
1: I just have to say, as a wife, I'm a little bit, you know, it's, as you know, it's not the most like, let's say, an aggressive sport, right? Football, like he had a concussion last year. I mean, he has concussions pretty much. I mean, we don't talk about, but he does have concussions. And he's, I don't really think it's a healthy thing for your body to go through, like a, you know, to that kind of aggression, like all the time. And that could not be healthy for you, right? And I'm planning on having him be healthy and do a lot of fun things when we're like 100, I hope.
5: Yeah, so she's like, look, I don't want him to play this sport anymore. We have tons of money, and I don't know why he does it, and he gets concussed all the time. To which, we, he, to which it was like him going like, babe, 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 what are you talking about? Like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Well, Tom Brady has finally kind of answered, I guess, some of the questions. He was There's an E60 piece on Tom Brady. Kevin Agandhi from ESPN sat down with him. Take a listen to the question and the answer uh, in regards to whether or not he's had concussions and Giselle's worries. She sees the hits. I mean, she was vocal about that most recently on CBS about the concussions. How much do you talk to her
0: about those hits that you take? She's there every day. I mean, we go to bed in the same bed every night. So, you know, she knows when I'm sore. She knows when I'm tired. She knows, you know, when I get hit. I mean, we drive home together, so. But she also knows how well I take care of myself. You know, she's a very concerned wife and very loving.
5: Yes, that's the old non-answer answer, right? Now, to me, this is very simple. Giselle continues to put out there the she put out there the concussion thing because she doesn't want to play anymore. And you know what? She's probably right. She's probably right. This this is no different than the guy who's in his late fifties and he's trying to hit, you know, retirement at sixty three. And she's like, "You don't like your boss? You don't like your job? Like, what are you doing?" He's sitting there going like, "Hey, listen, I got to hit sixty three. I'm just gonna keep going, gonna keep grinding." He's like, "What are you doing?" I want to get through. I want 25 years of the company. I want to get, you know, make sure I get my pension. We we already had enough money. And that's all that's happening. This is a very, very normal husband-wife conversation only being had in public. Giselle's like, dude, you're 40. You just want a Super Bowl. Walk away. He's like, yeah, I just want a Super Bowl. Let's go win another one. It's it's addicting. It's it's gotta be as addicting as hell. Yeah, I, I want a Super Bowl. And I'm fine. She's like, mm, you were concussed. Like, I wasn't concussed. I was woozy, honey. Concussion. A, a football player saying he doesn't have a concussion because he wasn't diagnosed is like an alcoholic saying he's not an alcoholic because he doesn't go to the meetings. So does she know that he has concussions? Have they been technically defined as concussions? I'm sure he's found ways to duck and dodge around them. And he says, everybody says they know the risk, but that's like, I don't wear a helmet on a motorcycle guy. Oh, I know the risks. Okay. But I, you know, I want to wear, I want to not wear a helmet. So I feel the wind in my hair Yeah. Well, listen, we want you to wear a helmet so that if, and when you crash your motorcycle, your head is not rolling down the street because that's a little tough to pick up for the police officer, right? We prefer you to not have um, massive brain trauma from rolling your bike because you didn't have a helmet on. So, hey, Chachi, put the helmet on. Like, I know the risk guy is trying to explain his own stupidity guy. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. 877 on Fox. Colin had something interesting to say about the difference between the Rockets and the Celtics. That's part of what did the Fox say next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used. Visit TrueCar Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb, show, Fox Sports Radio. Sam Amick just tweeted out. While Nick Young to the Warriors remains a possibility, I'm told there are several other teams still in the mix for Swaggy P's services. If they could, uh, if they could turn around JaVale McGee's, um, what's the what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, career. There's also like the uh, uh, image in one year. Imagine what they could do with Swaggy, for Swaggy P. All right. Imagine what they could do for Swaggy P. I believe we have the best lineup in sports radio. Starts with Clay Travis early in the morning. You get the undisputed on uh Sirius XM Channel 83. Then you get Colin Cowherd on many affiliates. Some get Rich Eisen as well. You got oh, I forgot I almost forgot Dan Patrick. Like dude, that's a murderers row. And then after me you get um, Steve Gorman. Then you get JT the Brick. Then you get Ben Maller and J- Jason Smith. I mean, that's really uh, you know i listen to a lot of sports radio i'm like one of those guys that i uh, it's like a busman's holiday i enjoy and i enjoy all these shows so what we do is every day we can try and pluck an argument a take an interview something we like from one of the shows bring it back for you and we call it and this. now <laughs> what does the Fox say? colin Cowherd earlier today who doesn't like the celtics sitting on their picks Does love the Rockets. Had this to say about the difference
10: between the two organizations. I'm a huge fan of what Daryl Morey is doing in Houston. When you create this sense that, hey, man, they got a party going on in Houston. Daryl Morey acquires Chris Paul knowing they may not fit together. What it created was a sense of veterans willing to be part of something, walking past a bar where there's real fun going on. What do you know this morning? Carmelo Anthony is now open to waiving a no trade clause and would consider the Houston Rockets. What Daryl Morey is doing is saying, listen, I watched what happened in Miami. I'm watching what is happening in Golden State. You can create a sense that, hey, man, we're having fun here.
5: Yeah, we're having fun here. Um, The problem with Collins." premise is he acts as though the Boston Celtics haven't won anything Danny Ainge did win a title he's been to multiple NBA finals and then he's rebuilt it and they did have the best record in the east and they have plenty of room in the salary cap as well as the draft picks like they're in prime position to continue to grow and evolve as opposed to the Houston Rockets who they're kind of going all in on the opposite strategy the one that worked out for them last year in the regular season like, the Rockets are coming off a season which they blew everybody away in terms of their improvement. One, because James Harden was in better shape from day one. But secondly, and maybe more, more importantly, they had all these pieces that fit together. Like, Eric Gordon's not great, but in that system, Eric Gordon is great. Ryan Anderson's not great, but in that system, Ryan Anderson's great. Clint, Clint Capella's not great, but in that system, Clint Capella's great. And now you're running the risk of ruining how you created what you created i'm telling you the mellow thing like how many guys can you put on the floor that can't guard a soul so i i i I disagree he may be creating some image of i don't think that's what he's creating i think everyone's always liked to play in mike D'Antoni's system especially guys that handle the ball a ton you play fast you get good stats you win big regular season games. And I think he respects the fact, Chris Paul respects the fact that you have somebody else that can make plays. But anyone who's ever played primarily with the ball in their hands and then has to play with the ball out of their hands, that's a weird feeling. In in radio, we talk about this. When you do a two-guy show, there's somebody who drives the show, the driver, and there's somebody who reacts to the show. They call it second chair. And you have to be good at the reactor chair in order to you can't try and do the other guy's job that doesn't work doesn't work it's in comedy you have that right in comedy you have the straight man who sets up the lines for the guy who delivers the punch lines it works that way in television with television like Ernie Johnson doesn't say anything interesting. When he does, it's not really that interesting. It's just because everybody likes Ernie and they determine it. But Ernie Johnson is the best at quarterbacking a TV show. He, Reese Davis, is also great. Great. They know how to set you up. They know how to set up their analysts. They know how to make them. They know how to come back at them. They know how to challenge them. They don't actually say anything all that interesting themselves. That's on their job. The idea that Paul and James Harden, who both are better with the ball in their hands and one's going to be better without the ball in their hands, I, I don't i do not get it. And then don't start on Carmelo Anthony, who didn't get along with Mike D'Antoni last time. But it doesn't matter this time. Of course it's going to matter. It always matters. Always matters. Um, also, Shannon sharp on Undisputed, had this to say about the Western Conference.
9: Guys would rather go to the West and have to deal with the Golden State Warriors well, than face LeBron James. So they'd rather walk through a pack of lines with pork chop draws mm-hmm. than deal with Braun in the East. <laughs> That's what they're saying, Skip. Nobody wants to see this man in the East.
5: Yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I don't, it doesn't have anything to do with anybody involved in – avoiding lebron james i don't like because one way the other you're going to have to go so you'd rather you'd rather go through lebron you'd rather go through the warriors and go through lebron james like that's silly that doesn't make any sense the league is cyclical there were times in which the east was better and now it's been the west for a good portion of time during jordan's era the east was far and away the better the better conference it wasn't really all that close once the Lakers went out, then, it, then you'd have the Trailblazers a little bit. You had the, the Sonics a little bit. You had the Jazz a little bit. You had the Suns a little bit. But you always had the Knicks. You had the Pacers. You had the Cavs. Uh, you had the Heat. You had some other really good teams. You had the Celtics early on. You had the Pistons early on. So I just think it's cyclical. And the problem is that so many of the star players are in the West and star players are now starting to coagulate like blood, and they're coagulating on teams in which those star players already play on, they're not going to new teams. That's all. You know, does that change if Boston all of a sudden, you know, if Gordon Hayward goes to Boston, goes to Miami, is he now trying to run to LeBron James? No, you go to a specific situation that fits you in the salary cap and fits you as a player. That's what the Fox said. Ah! What does the Fox say? 877-99-ON-FOX is the phone number. 877-99-ON-FOX. You know, um, there's an expression in college basketball, which I find fascinating. College basketball coaches have a tendency to get, to tell you about the guys that um, that they didn't get. Oh man, I should. I almost signed Kawhi Leonard. I almost signed Steph Curry. I almost signed Klay Thompson. I didn't had I signed them. But there's something college coaches say that to me relates to the NBA and to the Cavaliers specifically. I'll tell you what it is next the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming from the satellite studios of uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. My thanks to. Um, our host here in Tel Aviv, as well as my man Scott Shapiro, who hooked me up, so I continue and can coach a little ball at the Maccabi games, which get underway next week. Uh, it has been uh, it has been hot. I mean, dude, hot, hot, hot. I don't know what it's like in the States. Ramos, how's it been in the Valley? Been warm? It's always warm in the Valley.
6: Yeah, it's been not as hot, but I, I think the heat is going to start to rise as this week continues here. So going to get up to the hundreds. Uh, That's what I heard.
5: It's going to get into the hundreds? Yes, okay. as
6: the week progresses.
5: Uh, music. Now, music lives down by the water. Uh, he's big pimping in my car. <laughs>
8: That's right. That's
6: so
5: true. You Drove you it around a little bit today? last week. Big p- not today. Yeah, how, how, not today uh, not because
8: today? Uh, the holidays – there's no traffic anyway, so I just drove my yeah. car. Didn't need the uh, the carpool lane.
5: Didn't need the carpool lane. Cool. Um, have you figured out? this? Did I teach you the sunroof? Have you figured out the sunroof?
8: I have not. I haven't really messed with it too much. There's it, the car can do so much. I'm afraid to start like <laughs> pressing buttons.
5: But it's
6: fun though,
8: right? I mean, you do enjoy it. Like, oh it's, yeah, it's cool. I, I get nervous, but yeah, no, it's great. Would you say
6: yeah, it's no, like the, the Batmobile in a way? Like it does? It's it's, seri- it's incredible okay. what those
5: cars can do. It's, it's it's seriously it's, a smart car. It is. It it's way smarter than any of us. Like it does yeah. some things. You're like, wow. And I can <laughs> you know I can track him from my phone, so I can find out and I can open the moonroof for him, but and I can close the moonroof if I wanted to. But I, I'm I I'm really going to, to like
8: this. pick up dinner, and all of a sudden I get a text from Doug at four in the morning in Tel Aviv. Hey, where are you going?
5: <laughs> <laughs> where are you going? Where are you going? What are you doing? What are you getting? Hey, can you pick me up something? Can you pick me up something? So. Uh, can I tell you the grossest thing I've seen in a long time? Oh, I got to share this All right. with you. Okay? What's going on? All right, so here's the grossest thing ever. So um, you know the watermelon in Israel is phenomenal. Do you guys do know that? Have you, has anybody ever told you that? Like it's the land of milk and honey. But one of the things I they're was known unaware. for here, one of the things they're known for here is their seedless watermelon. Uh, unbelievable! Like every, it seems like every bite of watermelon I bite into is better than the next. It's that good, right? So, um, la- uh, was it last night? Let's see here. Yes, last night. I actually got in super early last night. You know, it has been some late nights doing this show because this show on the West Coast is 12 to 3, East Coast is 3 to 6. Every day, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. If you're getting us in your normal affiliate and you're used to your local show and you like this show or you like more of a national perspective, you can always listen to us. The first two hours are on SiriusXM. All three hours are on the iHeart app. And you can always download the podcast of the show. We have a best of and full show. Is that right, music? I just want to make sure. That's because... correct. Okay. Best of and full show. Go to foxsportsradio.com or iTunes. And don't forget to rate us. And you can download the show. So if you're, you're getting the show and you don't... Anyway. Um, so when you do the show in Israel, it's 10 to 1 in the morning. And what we had been doing over the last week and a half is getting up and practicing seven in the morning practice which means we meet on the bus at six thirty. we bus to the gym and we practice seven thirty to eight thirty. come back eat uh shower maybe work out and then you go tour the country the rest of the day so it's a long day culminating in a night of radio not a lot of sleep so last night they had a it was like a fourth of july celebration but because fourth of july everybody won't be together they had it last night at the hotel we're staying at for like 900 people so i was um You know, there's like a mad rush to the food. And then over to the side, there's like a dessert table. And as you guys have, I think, come to learn, like, I'm not really a sweet guy. I'm more of a fruit guy. Like, I would prefer, like, I'm an apps to dessert guy in a restaurant. But in real life, like, I'm a fruit guy to sweets guy any day of the week. And when it's Israeli watermelon, it's like, it's a wrap. It's not like I have it every morning for breakfast. I have it every day for lunch. And I have it for dinner. And if it was there for around the hotel for dessert, I would eat it as well. That's how much I like it. Um, so I was, I was at the watermelon bar and there's these big bowls of just cut up watermelon and there was like an Israeli driver and he comes over and he's, he looks the part of a foreign driver where he's kind of got like the striped shirt. He's got like the hair billowing from his, from, you know, his neck. He's got the hair in the back of his arms and he comes over and he's got a fork in his hand. And so I was watching him and I was like at a different bowl and I watched him and he takes a bite. He, he uses his fork and he pokes into a piece of watermelon and he takes a bite. And I was like, that's kind of gross. Then he goes back in for another bite with the fork and another piece. Now there are like, again, like 900 people at this dinner. So, shlecha um, is excuse me in Hebrew, right? So I was like, shlecha, Dude. What do you? And he's like, so uh how you say, uh, how do you say uh, what in Hebrew? Do you guys know how to? It's ma, ma. He's like ma, ma. I was like, dude, don't eat the watermelon out of the bowl. I was like, I, and I'm pointing around all these people, and I was like, see all these people? They're all trying to eat the watermelon, and nobody wants your germs. And he played the he played the I don't speak English card, which he speaks English. He just knew he got caught. It's not even like double dipping. It's way more gross than that because he's taking his fork, putting it in a piece of watermelon, eating it. And while you could say if he had completely precise aim, then he's always getting the watermelon that he's eating. But nobody has that good of aim, right? Plus, it's just the idea that it's rude. It's rude. And if he had that good of aim, he'd be a surgeon. He wouldn't be a driver. Am I right here? I'm not, I'm not the only one thinking this.
8: Yeah, no, that's bad. You can't be, So, you yeah, can't be I mean, so I, dipping your fork I, in there.
5: So I shamed him a little bit. I pointed out to some other people and he kind of backed away from the watermelon table. Although it should have been quarantined. I don't think anybody should have touched it from that point forward. So then I went back and I talked to my, the, the guy, the kids on my team, they're like kids they are in their twenties. And I was like, I told him what happened. And so we look over at him and he's using the same fork to clean his fingernails. Oh, like it's all kinds of disgusting. But wait, here's the kicker. So this morning, this morning we get on the bus and we get on the bus. And as we get on the bus, who walks by? But driver guy who was eating watermelon with the same fork continuously and then picking his fingernails. And guess what? He's wearing the same shirt this morning as was wearing last. Now, <laughs> yes. Maybe, now, maybe, maybe, I'm reasonable. Maybe he, he, there's a certain level of poverty there where he got free watermelon, he just got excited, he started eating, and, you know, maybe that's why he didn't change shirts. Or maybe he's just one of those people, and everyone I think in their lives knows one of these people that has ridiculously terrible hygiene, and it's so gross you have to relay it to a friend, which is what I'm doing. You have bad hygiene guy in your in your... In your, like, mental Rolodex, don't you, music? Do you have have a buddy who's a bad hygiene guy? Oh, yeah. We all have
8: those people. And you – I actually had one of them was a roommate, and he was from uh, New Zealand. And his thing was he would shower, Mm -hmm. but his idea of a shower was just, like, getting in the shower with water and, like, rinsing himself off. Like, he didn't – he had a weird thing about, like, soap. He didn't, like, believe in soap. Right, right. So, so
5: he, he liked the natural he liked the natural smell of it.
8: Right. And so he just wanted to get in the shower, rinse off, and then get out. And we had to tell him like, dude, like we had weights and then practice, and then you just like rinsed off, but like you didn't rinse your stink off, you oh know? Like, God dude, gosh. you just rinsed off your sweat, but you still have a very <laughs> bad odor. You oh, know, yeah. and like No,
5: no, listen, I played with a stinky guy in, in Russia and and when you think of like Europeans or especially Eastern Europeans, you think like all that BO stink. And some guys do have that BO stink. Now my team in Russia, my first year out, most all those guys had traveled the world. There was Russians, Lithuanians, Ukrainians, uh, one of the American, Willie Burton. And nobody had, everybody used soap and deodorant, and cologne and smelled good or whatever, except for one guy. And his stink was so bad, I'm telling you, if you got on your jersey in practice, it was gonna stay there for three weeks. You could <laughs> oh, out. Oh gosh. It was, and it just like, oh God, what is that? That smell is so bad. It's that permanent smell of funk. It's like New York smells like that in the summer when it's really, really hot. It's like a mix of urine and heat. I, I don't know what the, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. And then you add in BO and that's what you get with, with Europe. Um, our tour guide had that today and yesterday. Where it was just he, he was just hot, like everybody was hot and smelly, but he was just hot and smelly to another level. All right, here's what I wanted to get to. Um, I think it's super interesting that that uh, Chauncey Billups turned down the Cleveland Cavaliers. I under, I fully understand that <clears throat> they may have been far apart on money, and that's part of that's that's a good portion. Hey, I'm not taking a five-year deal. When I don't know if LeBron's going to be there, and I don't want to fail, and I've never had the job. But if you've never had a president or GM job, and somebody's going to offer you one for a team that's played in the last three NBA finals and won one of them, something's wrong there. Like the whole deal is that Chauncey Billups is one of the few guys who LeBron James would have to look in the eye and really, really respect. Because if you bring in some, did you see LeBron's tweet over the weekend? Did you guys see this? LeBron James tweeted about Steph Curry, and I think, that, look, the intent of the, the, the tweet was to point out um, how he doesn't like the salary cap, right? But also, I mean, it was giving credit. Uh, it was giving a ton of credit to Steph Curry. So here's what he says. So Steph signed a, a $200 million deal. Ann Killian tweets out, how valuable is Steph Curry? In 2010, Joe Laca bought the Warriors for $450 million. Now they're worth 200, $2.6 billion. LeBron James says, so tell me again why there's a cap and how much a player should get. Don't answer that. Steph should be getting $400 million this summer for five years. JMTs, that's just my takes. There's, a, there's, there's so many ways in which this is one of the dumber tweets a smart guy could ever tweet. Oh, <laughs> It is. LeBron James is not a dummy. This is a dumb tweet. Like, look, and I, I've, I'm not a dummy. I have dumb tweets. This is a dumb tweet. First of all, LeBron James was the VP of the NBA PA. He was in the room when the CBA was negotiated and signed. If he didn't like the salary cap, and he's arguably the greatest player in the last 20 years in the NBA, then stand up now or forever hold your peace. Secondly... Equating the net worth of the Golden State Warriors to one player, this is not the Cleveland Cavaliers and and LeBron James and Cleveland that it's like, look, Joe Lacob bought a team in 2010 that wasn't any good. It's not just Steph. It's not just KD. It's not just Clay. It's also location. If you bought a house for $4.5 million in the Bay Area in 2010 when the market was down, that market now is... That that house is worth at least twice, if not three times as much. It's a fact. Although, in all honesty, the Silicon Valley's market didn't go down hardly at all, but it stayed flat. The point is that LeBron James uh, does not understand the nuance of business and timing. 2010, the economy was way down. Everything's way up since 2010. And... The Warriors weren't good, they're good now. And the Warriors are moving from Oakland to San Francisco. Look, the real reason, the Warriors Warriors are going to be worth twice as much by simply moving across the bay, by adding zero new players. It's about location, location, location. And if the Warriors are worth $2.6 billion, you have to find somebody to buy them for $2.6 billion. This is is the opposite of the J.J. Reddick conversation. Oh, J.J. Redicks now worth $23 million. You know how much you're worth? Music, we went over this very early on in the Doug Gottlieb show. How much are you worth in this world?
8: What someone is willing to pay you.
5: Bingo. Thank you very much. And your company is worth what somebody's willing to buy it for. So an, imaginal, imag, an imaginary evaluation does not equate to Steph Curry's value. And I do agree, Steph Curry is ridiculously valuable. He really is. But Curry makes a ton of money in shoes and stuff on the side, which he makes because of his name and likeness. And if LeBron James doesn't like the salary cap, Then don't agree to the salary cap. And it wasn't like he he was like, man, somebody should have brought me in on the process. Dude, you were in on the process. You were the highest paid player in the NBA. The salary cap is not just there for the highest paid player, it's there for the lowest paid player. Because they know you're always going to make bank. Really dumb tweet from a really bright guy. Brian Scalabrini joins us up coming next. Why hasn't Gordon Hayward already committed to coming to the Boston Celtics? We'll ask Scal. Next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over $3,000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio we continue to cover NBA free agency the moves before free agency probably more exciting than actual free agency um, with the Minnesota Timberwolves going out and getting Jimmy Butler and of course the Houston Rockets getting Chris Paul Uh, let's welcome in Brian Scalabrini decade-long NBA pro who joins us here on FSR and uh, let's I want to kind of begin with Chris Paul Um, I liken to this to a radio show where two guys have their role. You know how this works. When guys are used to playing with the ball in their hands and suddenly they don't have the ball in their hands, they don't know what to do with themselves. Do you think ultimately this works and makes them actually better than they were this, this year?
11: You know, I think I'm going to be wrong on this one, but I don't think that it's going to work. I don't think that Houston will be a better team. I don't think that James Harden will have a better season, but... Maybe the indication of them doing this was the the playoff run and just James Harden running out of gas against the Spurs. I mean, there was no reason he played that bad in that elimination game and, they, and he probably thinks, I need more than just me being the guy who can do this. But I will say this, D'Antoni is the man when it comes to offensive creativity. I'm sure he'll figure it out to a certain extent, but I don't I don't see how Houston got better. During this trade, I I feel like they're still status quo.
5: Um, All right, so my my thought was boy, it really hurts the Spurs. Boy, it really hurts the Clippers. Those are two teams competitive in the West, and that the, the, if anything, the NBA got more condensed in terms of teams to challenge the Golden State Warriors. I want to talk about the Thunder in a moment, but is that a fair assessment that, like, look, DeJounte Murray's not there yet? And the likelihood that Tony Parker returns from a torn quad, not great. And they, they need all those pistols firing in order to compete at the top level. And then while the Clippers might be different and more interesting, they're not going to be as good. I kind of feel like that, that move condensed the West a little bit more Am I way off.
11: Well, when you say condensed the West, do you think that Houston is a threat? I don't see Houston as a threat.
5: No, I think they're I, – I, I'm with you. I don't think they got much better. But I okay. think that the Clippers got worse. And I don't think the Spurs yeah. are going to be better than they were last year.
11: Like, so who's who's a real threat out West? And You know, and like, I don't know if San Antonio is. You're saying like if Chris Paul would have went to San Antonio, then we could be having this conversation right Correct. now. But I just don't feel like this year anybody is in that classification. It is one all by themselves and in a, a couple teams like, Who's going to be the best team to challenge them? Who's going to go to the Western Conference Finals? That's what we're sort of having, you know, play, everyone's sort of playing for second when you're talking about the Warriors.
5: Okay, what about uh, Paul George going to the Thunder? Do you, does that move change them in a way in which they're more competitive?
11: Yeah, definitely more competitive. You know, not on that level, but, I mean, I probably can, you know, say this, second-best team in the West? You know, they have the inside presence with Adams. you are adding some scoring to go along with Russell, who can, you know, Mr. Do Everything. So, I I mean, I was never a huge, huge fan of Oladipo. You know, I think Sabonis is fine. I don't think they gave up much to get them. The upgrade was what, like, the whole Eastern Conference, everyone that was into Paul George sweepstakes is shaking their head, saying, like, really? This is what you wanted? Like, you asked for – draft picks moving forward. You asked for some current starters and you settle on guys like Oladipo and Sabonis. It was clearly a move to shift them out West and get Paul George out of the East. My only beef with the move was you could have made that move in two weeks. You could have waited till after free agency to make that move. But I sort of thought they, they jumped the gun a little bit on that one. But with that being said, talking Western conference, yeah, I would say, OKC second best team in the Western conference.
5: Here's a problem, though. They they just don't have enough shooting. You know, Russ is a great player, but not a great I shooter. Know. And yeah, they're going to probably George bring back on. He does, but not not so much. Like, look, um, like Oladipo is not a good enough shooter. I I think he's okay. I think he's a fifth best starter, right, or fourth fifth best starter. I think Sabonis. I actually think Sabonis got a chance to be pretty good. But oh, and he started sixty games for him. But okay, they're both very young and they're both under contract. But like. And so they, they got better, and he's a better player than anybody else they could have gotten out there to wing. But he also, he's kind of a 3-4 in how they play in the NBA, and they just, they don't have enough guards. And they're going to bring back Andre Robertson. He still can't shoot. They still got the same problems.
11: Um, okay, so then you tell me. Who do you got as the second-best team? Are you, are you saying Courtney Hayward know, I... signs back with Utah, Minnesota? No, but... Are you going to say they make the jump? Like, like I'm, I'm unclear on who, what you got for the second-best team in the Western Conference.
5: I'm not sure there is one. I'm, I'm I agree with you there, okay. which is kind of depressing. It's kind of depressing that we're like, all right, Thunder, Cavs again, and everything else doesn't matter. I'm just kind of thinking. I'm thinking of Oklahoma City. It's one, It's a potential one-year rental, and you could lose them both to LA, and then what? Like, is it worth rolling the dice when you know you don't? You're not really good enough. I don't know. That's a that's a tough. That's a tough call. Yeah, right, let's, I think... let's talk. Let's let's talk about Hayward. Um, okay. It, it feels like he should be a Celtic. You've been a Celtic, but it's Brad coached him in college. I think that's big. Um, I think the fact that they already have, like Miami's telling him we're going to win. Boston's like, we are winning. Boston has the resources to continue to add pieces. It's, a, it's also a team, a franchise that's won 17 NBA titles. Like, I kind of feel like you're over, he's overthinking this thing to go anywhere else. Outside of the cold, what could possibly be keeping Gordon Hayward from signing with the Celtics?
11: (laughs) Doug, people love Miami. (laughs) I'm just keeping it real. Pat Riley is persuasive. People love Miami. They go on the tour. The tour has worked before. It it, it could work again. Um, I will say this, though. With Paul George going west, Jimmy Butler going west, doesn't it seem like Paul George has to go east? Like, he has to – like, he can be a perennial Eastern Conference all-star. You mean, you mean, you Gor- you mean Gordon start. Hayward? You know what you mean, I mean? I'm sorry. Mean Gordon I'm sorry. Hayward? Gordon Hayward. Yeah, Gordon Hayward should definitely come out east now that, you know I mean, it's a, it's going to be a hard make for him to make the all-star team out west. And, I mean, not, I'm not, I don't think he'll start over LeBron or, or Giannis, but there's a good chance that he gets to nod at a guard position – uh, in the in the Eastern Conference, so I think he should go east. I would love to tell you, and you're right, the winning Brad Stevens, you know, the tradition. But it's hard; it's always hard to bet against Pat Riley and the Heat, and the no state income tax and all that stuff really comes into play.
5: Hmm. I don't know. I just you go somewhere who you, you trust the coach, you know the coach. It's a good team. I get it. Warm weather's awesome. I mean, and And Boston cold is real, 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 real cold. Um, Chauncey doesn't take the president of the Cavaliers job. Um, And like, look, I know Chauncey has been up for other jobs, for the Atlanta job for one, um, maybe for Milwaukee as another. But this is a chance to take over a franchise that's been the last three NBA finals. And he seemed to have been the one guy who could look LeBron James in the eye and and garner, garner respect from him as opposed to somebody else who's, you know, more of a number guy or, or a non-former player guy. Uh, th- this does not paint a pretty picture, but what are your thoughts on Chauncey just turning down the job?
11: Yeah, it, it has to mean that LeBron is leaving, right? What else could it mean? I mean, why? If you go in there and have this conversation, obviously you're going to talk to LeBron before you take the job. And you say, you know, hey, Bron, wha, you know, what's the deal? I want to take this job. Are we going to do this? Are we going to, you know, try to win another championship, get over the hump? Can, you know, can we get Paul George? Like, what, all these things, they have to be in the conversation. If Paul George goes to OKC and Chauncey doesn't take the job, I don't know. To me, like, the writing's on the wall. This is it for the Cavs. they got one more year to try to beat the Warriors, and then LeBron goes west.
5: Does it take away from LeBron's seven consecutive NBA Finals runs that it's been in the East?
11: No, nothing. Nothing will ever take away from everything that LeBron has done at this point. I think he can continue to lose to the Warriors until that team is broken up, and it won't take away from what he's done. Like all the 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 championships, uh, not this past season, but the season before the championship. So, no, it's not gonna mess with his legacy. He can only go up from here. And so, you know, I just, I just don't, and I don't know how Cleveland will deal with it when he finally does leave. He promised him a championship. He got him a championship. It just all fine like, all right, all right, I did what I was supposed to do now. let me retire and I'm past my prime, let me go do this. but I don't know if that's that's how the fans will react towards it. but I do know that with Chauncey not, I really thought that if he took the job, they were gonna get Paul George and then LeBron would stay. I don't think that that's happening now.
5: I, I agree with you. I think it's a sign of a sign of what's to come in Cleveland and it's really, really, really not good. Hey, turns out we all should have been, six foot three shooters, right? JJ Redick, one year, 23 million, uh, for, for JJ, what was your reaction when you saw that deal?
11: I mean, it makes complete sense. Like you don't, you don't want go moving forward. You don't want to be a tax team. You don't want to do anything long-term and you want to get guys in. Like I don't, I don't look at money as dollars. I look at it as cap situations, right? I don't, that's, the difference, I think, normal people out there say, "Wow, twenty-three million dollars." I think of it as they were going to use their cap space on somebody. Why not use it on a guy for one year? And they also did the same thing with Amir Johnson, who's a unbelievable. I, you know, I covered him this year. Great veteran guy, good leader. It Would be great uh, for the team, you know, around the uh, the locker room. But one-year commitment, not not moving forward. Not that's the problem with the last year and when the cap jumped, I have no problem with the guys making big money last year. It made perfect sense. You know, like, use your cap space up. You have it. But signing guys to four-year deals and doing that, and then now you're, you're cap-strung moving forward and looking at the Lakers having to ship off a number two pick just for cap cap relief moving forward, that made no yeah. sense. All across the board, the NBA were making mistake after mistake. So don't get caught up in the 23 million look at the one year where the where the Sixers are using their cap space to improve like the young guys and and their mental attitude and how they approach the game. JJ's a worker no matter what and, and he's professional. So, he's going to help that locker room out and, you know, provide some shooting for that team.
5: Uh, last thing, there's a report out uh, you are talking about guys taking less instead of worrying about, you know, getting every last dollar. There's there's talk now uh, from Marcus Thompson the Bay Area news group that Kevin Durant could take as little as $28 million a year, maybe $25 million a year, as opposed to he's he's able to take as much as $34.65 million. In other words, uh, take maybe $9.5 million less than he could so that the team can uh, be more pliable, they get Andre Goddala and pay less against the cap. Uh, pretty stellar stuff from KD uh, considering, you know, other people in the team haven't taken less to stay.
11: Well, let's Let's put it in perspective, though. Because he's after his first year, he doesn't have full bird rights. So Mm -hmm. if he took the full money, those guys can't, not, not, they can't, you know, they cannot be on the team. So it's not like Steph Curry getting as much as he can doesn't affect Iguodala. The only guy that affects Iguodala and Livingston is Kevin Durant. So, yeah, respect, a lot of respect. He's going to get his payday. And that payday is going to come, and the Warriors are going to be, you know, so far into the tax. But this year, for him to do that is it's a one-year deal. KD will not be taking pay cuts moving forward for guys after this. But it was, you know, I you know I give him a lot of credit for doing that. And Iguodala was huge in recruiting of Kevin Durant. So it's it's I like to see him do that, and you know the rest of those guys should get paid. I mean, that's they have a super team, and the price of having a super team is going to go up.
5: Brian Scalabrini. Scal, great stuff. Uh, let's see what happens with Gordon Hayward. Uh, best guess, you think he does the Celtics?
11: Uh, I don't. I'm worried, but yeah, I guess I think he does the Celtics. But I'm worried about Miami. I do think I'm he's in about... Utah, though.
5: Yeah, I I think if he would have stayed, in, if he was going to stay in Utah, he would have said he's staying in Utah already. I mean, that's right. Like, why would you? I don't know. That's, that's the way I look at things. Scal, we'll, we'll we'll catch up soon. Thanks so much for joining us. You got it, Doug. See ya. Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio. Scal, a little worried about the Miami Heat. Here's the thing about Miami. Um, I guess it just depends on what stage you are in life, right? Like if you're in the, if you're in the, does does Gordon Hayward have kids yet? I know he's married. Do you know Do you know that one yet? I'm just, I'm wondering, Music, if you know if Gordon Hayward has kids. I know everybody's like, well, his wife, his I, I wife, his wife. I do know he
8: has kids because people made a big deal about that Instagram post. Remember, his wife posted a picture of whatever, I don't know if it's their son or their daughter, and he was, the child was wearing a shamrock on their shirt, and everyone was like, oh, he's going to Boston! Oh, that's right. and that's right. uh, he's got He's got two little kids. Yeah. That's the only reason I remember that he had... So he has two kids. I would have thought... I have thought he only had one, but...
5: No, he has two. He's a boy and a girl. Okay, so... Um, the Miami thing's weird. Okay, look, Miami is in the summer, and the winter is awesome. Right? Like, I can't... Like, you just... You feel so much... You feel better. When the weather's good, you feel better. You're not paying state income tax, you feel better. Now, they will get you back with um, potentially cost of living in terms of how much it costs to actually live there and drive a car there and property tax there and then you have to do private school there etc i i i think the kids thing is important and i think that like my guess would be that brad Stevens would be like our kids could go to school together your kids i can find you whereas i don't think that's the deal with pat riley that's a hard one the weather thing is big my wife is huge on the weather huge i don't care as much like um, I've lived in new England 12 of the last 14 years and I no, I don't like winter. I don't like how long winter is. I like snow, especially like, like a fresh driven snow. Like it's awesome. It's hard to get around it. It's a pain. But it, I, I mean like I go sledding, my kids are old enough. I go sledding with them. We go skiing. It's, it's cool. And it's, it's, it's beauty. You look outside, you're like, wow, it's beautiful. And you have a, you buy a little bit bigger house. because you spend more time in your house? Cause of the weather. Um, and I love the fall. I don't like the spring as much, although it's more because my kids and wife have allergies. But everybody has allergies with everything going in bloom at once. Now, weather, though, for my wife, is it's it's like everything. Completely changes her mood. So I get it, and maybe his wife is affected that way. But I kind of think if you got two kids and you're close to Brad Stevens and they're all about family, and it's the butler, the butler way, I still think he goes to Boston in the, the day. From, from just a...
8: Now, from just a basketball perspective, when you look at what the Heat—now, I know their final record wasn't that great, but they made that late, late push in the second half of the season when we're in the playoff mix. Right. But compared to when you see the Celtics ended up getting the one seed—now, that's largely because the Cavs weren't trying to get the one seed—do you think he's better off at one versus the other? Do you think playing for the Heat, they could end up being one of the best teams in the East?
5: I think either way he goes to end up being one of the best teams in the East. Obviously, the Celtics would make them the definitive second best team in the East as opposed to the as opposed to the Wizards who are right there in the mix. Um, I think the Heat is still TBD. I think, I think it's still TBD with the Heat. All right. Coming up next, we'll get to the press. Five stories you might have missed in five minutes. Next on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
4: This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
5: With true car you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for new or used visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports radio mm, 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 mm. see this could have been on my uh on my 90s uh, DJ list Ramos you're in oh I'm in you're in on that most definitely yes uh, Paul Millsap signed with the nuggets because the Hawks didn't make him an offer? Let's get to that. Among several stories that Bruce... Uh, Ralph, excuse me, Bruce. Ralph Irvin's going to bring us in the press. The Press. Sorry, Ralph. Bruce Irvin, one of my favorite defensive uh, ends in football.
9: What do you got for us, Ralph? Well, that's okay. I like Michael Irvin, too. So, <laughs> uh, Blue Jays have acquired Miguel Montero from the Cubs. You know that he was had his little incident last week with Jake Garrietta So Toronto... Gets him plus cash for a player to be named later or for cash. Wait, what? The Cubs sent Miguel Montero and no, cash I to I, Toronto. I, 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 wait. And Toronto, cons- Miguel- Go- <laughs> Toronto can send cash or a player to be named later in exchange. Here,
5: please take Miguel Montero. He can't throw anybody out. And none of our pitchers like him because when it's their fault that he can't throw anybody out, he blames them, right? Well, he can't throw anybody out. He can throw somebody under the bus and it's not himself. Hey-o! Um, my big thing is I remember Schwerber's not a catcher anymore. That, and so they've had to call up minor leaguer. I just think the big, the Cubs are not right. They're just not right. They've had the disease of me and Montero's had issues in the past. and, he got himself run out of town. They're just not right. And it wouldn't stun me if this is one of those teams to which everybody thought they can run off two in a row, three, four, five championships in the next 10 years because they have so much talent. This year has been about the Nationals. It's been about the Dodgers recently more than it's been about the Cubs. The bigger figured figure it out quick. But right now I'm just – I've not been impressed by, by their
9: cohesiveness. All right, you mentioned Paul Millsap. Well, part of the pitch to bring him to Denver was bringing Broncos linebacker Brandon Marshall to talk about what it's like to be in Denver.
5: Yeah, I think it was more that they offered him, what, $100 million over three years? I, I kind of think that was it. He was like, ah, oh, Brandon Marshall's here? Cool. Oh, wait, it's the other Brandon Marshall. Wait, didn't the? Can you imagine if he's sitting there going like, hey I'm Brandon Marshall I play for the Broncos you should come here it's a great city awesome Denver good airport a little bit outside of town but you get in every while blah 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 uh, you go skiing this that the other thing they love you if you're an athlete then he you leaves you're like hey that's not the same Brandon Marshall that used to play here right he's not a wide <laughs> receivers he linebacker. linebackers like I have no idea who I have no idea who that guy is that's what he that like, there's no chance that Paul Millsap unless they had a previous existing relationship. He had any idea who Brandon Marshall was
9: none. The Lakers and free agent guard, George Hill are in serious talks to bring him in as uh basically helping out Lonzo ball with the Lakers
5: are in. Oh, to get uh, George Hill? Yeah. That's cause they need, they need a veteran point guard. They need a guy. George Hill can play point. He can play off the ball. Um, and look, the, George Hill's market kind of dried up a little bit, and the Lakers do have some cap space. He only played 49 games, but he came off a career-high averaging 16.9 points a game. I think this would be a really smart pickup, more so than Rondo, because George Hill can play off the basketball with Lonzo Ball. Help him assimilate to the NBA.
9: The Rockets' Daryl Morey is, says that his staff is trying to find a loophole to allow the Rockets to go to the Eastern Conference. Is that a real story <laughs> that's what it says here <laughs> music you wrote that is that a real story
8: he was Do have a quote I, it? I think it was more tongue-in-cheek that he was interacting with someone on twitter someone on twitter had written that the uh the rockets are exploring options in the new cba to get into the eastern conference and he tweeted but, a response saying yes our staff is hard at work seeing if there's any loopholes
5: Yeah, but that's not how you wrote it for Ralph. Ralph's sitting there going like, look, dude, I'm just reading the story. Don't (laughs) clown me.
9: He also also referenced the fact that the Astros were able to switch leagues. So he thinks that, hey, why not switch conferences?
5: The Astros were able to switch leagues. The problem with the Astros switching leagues was it was because the Texas Rangers were in the American League and they wanted to create a rivalry because, you know, it's a great rivalry between the two. Uh, Do you guys see the picture Do you guys know who leads the American League in hitting? Top two hitters in the American League are Uh, it's it's uh, Aaron
9: Judge and uh, Jose Altuve.
5: Jose Altuve. They were standing next to each other yesterday in Houston, and Jose Altuve literally looks like Mini Me, right? Like if 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 Aaron Judge was Doctor Evil, Jose Altuve would be Mini Me,
9: one fifth his size. What else you got? Uh, the New York Knicks uh, really don't want to keep Derrick Rose around, so he's meeting with Milwaukee to see if they can work out a signing trade
5: well, That'd be good news for the Knicks. That'd be good news for the Knicks. I don't know who plays point guard for the Knicks if they turn to the rookie from France, but um, this whole idea, like that, of all the things Phil Jackson did, the one I agreed with the least was the idea of bringing Derrick Rose back because he wanted to come back. It would work, I guess, for the Milwaukee Bucks because they need a point guard. But the Milwaukee Bucks need shooting. Like, the biggest issue with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is that when he plays the point, he's so not a shooter. He's, everything is, you know, 18 feet and in. They need somebody. Like, they need George Hill. George Hill's perfect for them, not Derrick Rose. I don't get that
9: one. And a 101-year-old runner from Louisiana has set the women's world record in the 100 dash for women 100 and over at 39.62 seconds at this year's National Senior Games. That's pretty that's pretty awesome. It's
5: pretty awesome. I think, I don't know. I I wonder I wonder if if she could beat Ramos. Ramos, do you fleet a foot? Could you beat a 39 second 100 meter <laughs> dash?
6: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I'm very slow but I think I could do that. Yeah.
5: And that's the press. Um, I've escaped the age of wanting to light off fireworks and blow stuff up. I still like, look, I'm an American. I like cold beer. I like to blow some stuff up. But as much as blowing stuff up is fun, like the idea of blowing off a finger is not really fun. One, you got to find the finger. That's a pain. Two, you got to go to the emergency room. That's a pain. Then three, you're probably not going to be able to reattach it. Be safe tomorrow, kid.